Hello, everybody. Welcome back to La Cantina MX. We're back with episode 320, special Sunday edition. We're going to talk about the two World Cup qualifying matches from Mexico. Uh, the first one against Jamaica, the other one against Costa Rica. And, of course, this music is very appropriate as to what we've seen on the pitch. But before we go any further, let's welcome Joel Joel, how we doing? What's up, Jaime? I'm good, you know. I, I see that there's a lot of rage. There's a lot of discomfort. Lots of, lots of, uh, what would you say, trust in, in three. But, eh, eh, just, just another, just another match week for me. Yeah. I, I, before we even get started, I just want to give everyone a full disclosure. We are on Twitter Spaces tonight, so another reason to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you get notified when we're on Twitter Spaces. We want to hear from you guys tonight. Uh, we're also on YouTube. If you are more of an introvert, you can just chat and let us know your opinion. Um, another thing, too, before we go any further, like, let us just be clear. Like, the form of how... Mexico is playing and how you get to the World Cup. We'll never look back at history and say, oh, yeah, do you guys remember this cycle or that cycle where Mexico was trash and, and they barely qualified? To the no one thinks, no one knows about that stuff. No one really looks back at how you get there. The goal is to get to Qatar. It doesn't matter how you get there, just get there. And and we've seen it time and time again where where everyone starts freaking out and, and they you know they start asking for... Uh, the, the the coach's head, or they start hoping that Mexico doesn't qualify, so things change. But nothing's gonna change, guys. Nothing's gonna change. The mediocre product is gonna continue to happen because why? We keep consuming it. So I just want to like let everyone know before you know they start complaining. Like, hey, we're kind of part of the problem. Yeah, a lot of people. I guess I guess the expectations. You know, they they built up these these expectations for the team that. Of, of how they should play and and, and how um, how they should perform against the rivals, and we've said it here time and time again that even though the region, you know, in in the in the grand scale of things, the region is is viewed poorly. Um, that doesn't mean that the teams are overall weak. And and if you look for the examples, you'll see you'll see teams from this region, you know, go from time to time, go out and 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 pull out some really good results. Um, it's just that it lacks consistency, and and it's not, you know, we compare it to the really big tournaments like from Europe and South America, and and even then, it's only like a handful of teams. That carry those, you know, like like would South America be as highly regarded as Brazil and Argentina over there, mm -hmm. you know, to a lesser extent Uruguay, and the same with Europe, you know, take away their their five because it's what it's like over thirty teams or something like that. Take away those top five, and would people be, you know, singing their praises? Not not as much, you know. Uh, 
So I think, I, 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 you know, so we, we see why why Concacaf is is looked down upon, but it's it's not that easy of a region to qualify from. I, I, I said it last week. As as Mexico fans, we're very spoiled because we just got so used to qualifying for the past what since '94. So that's yeah, it's a long time. I mean, it's almost 30 years of straight qualifying. I mean, we just had Peru return to the World Cup after like what like, since like the '70s, or something? yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you see that with a lot of teams where they'll go, they'll go. Um, I think Italy is the one that's gonna go against Portugal. No, no, but if they miss, oh, if they miss again, yeah, it'll be two, two consecutive. Be, and then prior to that, they had like. And these are the 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 twenty twenty Euro winners, by the way. Yeah, and they were exited out of the first what so two thousand ten. Yeah, they got. They got bounced out in the first round. Yep. Uh, and then fourteen. Did they did they make it to fourteen? Uh yeah, they did. But uh, but I mean I don't know, know how I don't know how far they got. Um I wanna say I wanna say they didn't even leave get out of the group. They lost to Uruguay and they lost to Costa Rica and then they beat uh England. So they didn't even get out of the group stage. So I mean, yeah. Look, look, and we're talking about a, a World Cup. What is it? Three, four-time World Cup champion, mm-hmm. and, and they're about to go on almost twenty years of, of not doing anything at the at the, yeah. the World Cup. And so, <clears throat> so with Mexico, we we just take it for granted, like you know how how they just get to the they they just get to the to the second out of the group stage. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's not enough. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. Uh, you know, of course you want to strive. Uh, what I'm just saying is that what what they have been doing, it's it's not easy. It's very difficult. So people say that the team is trash and whatnot. No, not really, because to maintain that consistency, Mexico has, is not easy to do it. You know, um, of course the team's underperforming, but that's not. You know that doesn't mean everything is is wrong. <laughs> yeah. With the, I've been reading comments, and you, I mean, I'm like, I, I think a lot of the fans writing this, they they weren't around when it was the it, team was truly trash. <laughs> I'm like scratching my head, like, is this your first time going through this? Like, what is like, how old are you guys? Like, I really, I'm curious to know, like, how old are these people? Because I'm like, dude, like, we've been through this time and time again. We've had yeah. cycles where we, you know, we walk to the World Cup, you know, qualifying. It was so easy. There's times where we're literally like the last team to qualify to the World Cup. So it's we've been through ups and downs, but um, it doesn't matter how you get there. It's just getting there. You know, that's that because once you get there, it's a completely different animal. Teams are not going to be teams are not going to be parking the bus for 90 minutes in the World Cup. You know, we're going to have an opportunity to uh, attack and counterattack and all that stuff. But, you know, talking about Thursday's match against Jamaica, we were on the road for the fourth consecutive game in a row. And Jamaica was down a man. I want that to be, like, let people know. Like, they were down a man since minute, you know, 45. And they were able to score in the second half. They were able to score and actually have the lead for almost the entire match. 
I was actually thinking that they were going to start sharpening the guillotine and, and chopping, you know, Tata's head off after this match because there's no way you lose to Jamaica. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thanks to uh, some brilliant individual performances by Alexis Vega, uh, he managed to get the game level and, and scored the game winner. And uh, Mexico ended up winning that match 2-1. And uh, yeah, that was that was quite interesting. But uh, you know, it was one of those matches where it's like, you guys got lucky, man. That that could have been Tata's head right there. I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, uh, especially especially with with the home team playing down a man, a, a defeat there would have really set the alarms. Um, <clears throat> and I was I wasn't expecting a win, so I, I think it's. So far, um, Max is kind of where it's expected to be. Like, usually you want to draw away and win at home. They did it the opposite. They went away and, and drew at home. Um, <clears throat> but, but this upcoming match with Panama, that's the big one because Panama is right on their heels. And, and it's three games left. And that's, that's like one of your immediate rivals for that third place. Top three going directly to the World Cup for playing a playoff. Uh, yeah, against New Zealand. So I, I think um, you know, of course, you wanna you wanna go in directly. <clears throat> and so I think that's gonna be the big game right there. That's where the team has to show up. It's at home, and and it's I, I do feel it's a must win. It'll be a massive win at that point. And then their last two games, I believe it's El Salvador and Honduras. One home, one away. Honduras at this point, I believe they're the worst team. Um, oh, yeah. And then the Salvadorians will probably be at Azteca. And they always seem to bend the knee. So I think, <laughs> I think Mex, Mex is, uh, it's, it, it, I, I don't, I'm not like worried or scared. I just, mm. I, I see the frustration because people expected the team to be way more dominant. And to just have already been qualified or have like a ten point goal differential or whatnot, which uh, that's the other thing that that we should mention against Panama. I believe it's a five goal differential. So if they were to end tied, you know, like let's say um, uh, I mean, Mexico has uh, five, uh, Panama has two, so it's a three goal difference between the two. Three goals, all right. right. Yeah. But that that still counts, so I think they should be able to maintain that that um that lead. So I, I think uh, and I think having someone like El Salvador at Azteca, yeah, they could they could get a big win there. That would also help them. Um and well we have to mention it about Canada, Jaime, before we we continue. How do you say dos acero in Canadian? I have no idea. In Canadian <laughs> French. Dukes, Dukes of something, Dukes of Azerbaijan. Anyways, this, <laughs> they they beat the U.S. It's an interesting win. And and again, like we've said, uh, these guys have been working at, with their selection for years now, so it's not like some overnight thing. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about how they've been investing in their football. Yeah, you know, making their own league and and then just straight like their one team was putting in money um which is Toronto they brought that Italian guy Toronto is uh 
But it's interesting because they they brought in Signe and then they're also bringing in um, Salcedo, but it hasn't been they haven't been able Something to. Tigres, Tigres wants to like. Oh, I guess Salcedo wanted wanted a cut of the transfer. And but he, really wanted, I think that he, he just, it's like part of his deal, scared. yeah, yeah, and they want to, they just don't want to pay up, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, so supposed to the MLS team was like take it to FIFA, you know, and it's like damn. <laughs> um, but but you know, it just shows it just shows um, how that that sport is growing in the country, which in the past years they've had like an influx of immigrants coming in from different countries, and that that has also changed because now it's. You know, a country mostly known for for hockey, and now you're having this change in demographic where it's more and more people that are into soccer, similar to the U.S. Uh, what's happened here with with you know a lot of immigrants coming in, mm-hmm. and and a lot of them come in, then they they like football, which is how the sport has stayed. And you know, I'll say it's a big reason, one of the reasons I say the sports has has been. Uh, so popular here. Yeah. It looks like they're going to win the... They're going to win the... Canada is on fire, man. They haven't even lost matches in the first... So the first round, they had to qualify to get into the octagon. I don't know what to call it. Uh, They won all four matches. And and then they've won uh, six matches now. So, I mean, they've won, you know, 10. They're, They're undefeated. They haven't lost... They have 22 points, and uh, I don't know how many, you know, mathematically, what's the the magic number to clench to get into the World Cup, but they're they're pretty much there. Oh uh, yeah, I must say they could lose all three games. They're still there. They're yeah, still there. I, I see them because they got what? Uh, they got El Salvador. No, plus, no, no. Their, their point cushion. It's oh, like, it's like plus 12. Yeah. No, no, the points that they have. Oh, they plus 12 points. Yeah, they have uh, 22 points, uh, 12. Um, goal differential. No, but points from like the fourth place team. So from oh, uh, Panama has seventeen, and Costa Rica has thirteen. No, but Canada. Yeah, so Canada has twenty two points. Twenty two to to sixteen, so like six points. So three, the three games. Uh, so they, yeah, Panama has seventeen, so it's a it's five point gap. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll probably have to win. Basically, all three games, and they would have to lose all three, you know, for for to get knocked out. And I think they very unlikely they might face each other. Yeah, they still have to face each other. So, yeah, um, I mean, they're you know they're gonna go in. I I think that you know they're they're pretty much there. It's gonna be a dog fight for the rest of us. I don't I don't see it like that. I know it looks like that way, but I don't think it will be. I think nobody wants to go to the playoff, man. Like nobody wants to go to the playoff. They want to go directly. It's against New Zealand. But you still, you know, another. But here's another thing too. It's like, you know, kind of being arrogant or thinking ahead. It's like you don't. You'll be put in a different pot. So you're gonna have to. Uh, You're gonna have to face like some, you know, el grupo de muerte. I mean, nothing that. If if you're Mex, dude. If you're Mex. Teams fear you. They're like, oh shit, that's Mexico. You know, that's and, that's. And, and we're laughing, we joke, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know. Yeah. What What I want to say is like. So when it comes to World Cup qualifying, 
and just overall staying consistent as a country like what th- there's not really much a reward here because uh you know if you are good and you stay consistent and and you win you know let's say you win your regions cup like the gold cup and the nations league uh if you if you start winning a lot of matches and and playing consistent ball like you do end up getting seeded for the world cup and in theory in theory you're put in an easier more accessible group that happened in mexico in 2006 that's the last time i've seen mexico play at a, an incredible level where they were ranked you know 6th in the world um and they got in a group with angola portugal and iran which was again supposed to be an accessible group a, a easy group to get out of and they struggled so like there's no guarantees and and I think like it's such a shame that Mexico lost those matches last year those those big ones even though they're not really there's no merit to them like the Nations League and the Gold Cup like yeah there's some bit of like bragging rights within the region but it, had they won those matches yeah Mexico would be on par right now on course to get seated in the World Cup but what I've seen in all these cycles is once you get to the World Cup, it's a completely different animal. Like the team could be playing like shit right now, but of course, when it comes to the World Cup, players in Mexico step up to the plate. They play up to their opponent. They play down to their opponent. That's just how Mexico's wired. That's how it's always been. They always go through por through against like the big ones: Italy, Germany, Holland. They go, they go, they go toe to toe, and it's like, but it, it takes them to be in that in in the World Cup for that to for that to happen. So I think like a lot of people are freaking out, like, oh, the team's playing like shit. It's the end of the world. We're not even gonna get to the World Cup. It's like, dude, don't worry about all that. Just let's just get there, and then from there, it's gonna be a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah, like and like uh, when you know this is this is similar. Well, not similar, but we saw what happened when when was it when Piojo ended up taking the team. To Brazil, you know, it was a similar team had to qualify in repechaje. They had to play New Zealand, and then they, they went to Brazil, and they were paired with the hosts and with Cameroon, you know, teams that they would, you know, you don't want Brazil in your group. And then Max usually struggles with African teams. Uh, Angola with 06 was yeah. not, even, not even one of the strongest, and they... They couldn't beat them, and they, I believe they played a man down. Um, and so that's, that's just one team that's so, at least cause the physic, in the physical aspect, you know, it's giving them a hard time. And they ended up uh, tying Brazil and beating Cameroon and beating uh, Croatia, which was uh, the team that was expected to qualify along with Brazil. So, yeah, Max, Max, that's what makes them, I will say, the giants of the region because they're, they're the one that have the best overall record international. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of these, uh, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but in, at least in Twitter, Canadian fans getting a bit cocky. The giants <laughs> of the region. I'm like, you get to the World do something like the World Cup at least, you know, because it's going to blow up on you if you... You get there and your team is sent home packing right away. I'm trying to find out when's the last time they even qualified to the World Cup. Mexico. I know it was Mexico 86, I believe. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. It should be Mexico 86. FIFA World Cup. uh, Group stage 86. They were last place. (laughs) 
1990 and that's the and only Costa time Rica. they've only been in one yes. world cup well, that's crazy yes. u.s costa rica go to the 90 world cup 94 94 was uh mexico wow. u.s uh and then in the 94 that's when mex had to beat canada so mm. i mean you know they, they, had, they had to beat them in the to qualify and they took them have they won a gold cup they won one right they did they beat colombia they they withheld the honor of the of the region, Colombia winning as guests, and they wow, they beat them. That, I can't remember the year, two thousand something. Uh, it was, I think it was two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we got knocked out by them, if I'm not mistaken. By Colombia? No, by uh Canada. Wasn't it like South Africa? Or no, something? we lost to them in the knockout stage, two oh. to one. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you, they want to, um, especially as hosts, you know, they're going to be one of the co-hosts. So they want to at least start, start and do something there. But I, I think even if they don't, you know, they get their asses handed to them at that stage. As long as they maintain how they've been working, you know, they'll, they'll be fine eventually. You'll, yeah. The results don't always come that quick. But they seem to be on the right path. So going yeah so Mexico won the game on the road against Jamaica and then they tie against Costa Rica today and uh we can both agree man that was a snooze fest oh boy that was a tough one to watch man I fell asleep <laughs> If you have trouble sleeping at night just uh play a, a replay of that match and you'll you'll doze off real quick There's like the 4 minutes you know you you'll be excited like oh man yeah you know, and I was watching it. Yeah, I was watching it at work, and you know, I got the notification on my phone, like, "Oh, Mexico scored!" And of course, there's like a delay on the stream, so I'm like, "Oh, this is about to be a goal right here." And it was uh, Tecatito Corona, and he shot the ball, and then Funes Mori like blocked it, and then he ended up taking the shot and scoring, but then he was ruled offside. So that was like the clearest chance of the match. Mexico had 25 shots on goal. And they didn't, or they weren't able. They only got one on target. They weren't able to, to score anything. So, just a very frustrating match. And unfortunately, that's just how our region plays. When they're on the road, when when they're playing against Mexico, they just park the bus and and try to uh, squeeze out a draw. And it's it's anti football. But that's just how our region is, man. And I would love to see like Germany play against this team and see what kind of result they would get. Like, I just want to throw in, like, a European team into, like, Kukakaf qualifying and, and really see if they could do it. Because it's not easy, man. It's, <laughs> they're going to be so frustrated because, you know, their opponents don't play respectfully. They they, they they play dirty. They play anti-football. They don't want to – they just want to defend. They just want to put all 11 players behind the ball, and it's 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 tough, man. It's very tough. Yeah, that, and I feel that's that's where some of these teams eventually they they don't do good once they go once they go um, into big big tournaments they don't do as well because then um, that that type of tactic rarely it's really gonna work in your favor you know it's but I, I get why they do it the smaller teams because it puts you on the fight 
but you really can see teams that like, maybe you had Greece when they won the Euro Cup. Oh man. Super defensive. I can't believe they they were able to thug their way into a, a Euro. That and was then, crazy. And then, you know, you've had Italy with their Catenaccio, but Italy's always had world-class players, so that, that sort of tips it into their favor because they'll have two or three players that are extremely good. Yeah, I was actually watching uh, Azzurri. It was a Netflix documentary of their their championship run for the Euro 2020. And uh, I was really impressed with the, just the overall chemistry of the team. And then uh, Mancini, the, the, the coach, how he really studied their opponents said, Hey, uh, you know, like for example, Belgium, uh, they're, they're, they're going to allow you to shoot from outside the 18 yard box. Just wait. And uh, that was like one of the goals insignia. I think he scored because they didn't attack him. They didn't try to like stop him from scoring and shooting. So, yeah, he like really had everyone like on point, but at the same time, Italy scraped a lot of those wins in uh, overtime and and in penalties. So it's like you know how convincing were you, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Ooh. Jaime, Wednesday, how are you feeling for this Wednesday? Man? Well, you know, we I remember we both predicted uh, two wins and a draw. Now I did not expect us to. You know, to win the game against Mike on the road, and then and then to draw this one. So, uh, you know, I guess we will. I don't know, man. Uh, Panama, like I said, they're they're probably gonna play very similar to to uh, Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they were watching. And yeah, uh, before, and I, I mean, that was. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm going. No, I just think it's going to be a very, very similar match. What I will say, though, is, you know, Tata did somewhat rotate the lineup today. Um, you know, he did sit out Vega. He did sit out Guardado, kind of keeping them fresh for this Wednesday match. So, uh, there, and Raul hasn't played either. That's another another disgrace is, like, we just haven't been able to keep him healthy. I don't know if he's going to be able to play against Panama, but, man, we definitely miss him because uh, Funes Mori has been – you know, he he just hasn't been the the guy, and uh, unfortunately, our our striker depth chart is not is not strong right now. It's not. It's lacking. Severely lacking. Um, Lopato's getting the blame for that too. But he's the one that doesn't want. But to this play is this is a massive, massive match. Um, cause this could, you know, you could leapfrog your way into second place or you can, you know, just like right now, this is going to be the defining match of the qualifying. Cause if Panama beats us, that puts us in the, in the playoff spot and you don't want to be there. Um, if Mexico wins, they start to build, build that gap between, you know, third and, and fourth, like significantly. Um, so I think like, this is the biggest match, I think, the the pivotal point for Mexico. Uh, they have four matches left, and and this is going to be, I think, the biggest one. Yes, definitely. That's 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 the main one. They and have to win. win this one. <laughs> I remember, and what we were talking about, uh, we were talking about when when Piojo, because it was kind of similar, and that was the game with. Before Piojo, it was Bose, right? And they're playing against Panama, and 
think that's that was uh, RJ's golazo with the the chilena, the chilena goal, man. And so even back then, the team was like, you know, we start looking at some of these results that, as you mentioned earlier, we tend to forget. You know, even then, we were relying on on goals like that, and <clears throat> that was against Panama. Uh, we talked about Canada, uh, how Mexico had to beat them, and it, it was like a tough match for Mex, and that was Abuelo Cruz scoring that goal to get them uh, through, and then he he ends up getting injured, and he misses the World Cup. But that was that was against Canada, and then against when when Sven was the coach, right? Oh man, I kind of just like <laughs> blocked that time out of my head. <laughs> When Sven Sven got an X and was uh, coach, they almost didn't even make it to the hexagonal. They took also goal to Mexico to go into hexagonal. So I mean, there's a bunch of examples like that. Yeah. I was hearing the um, they were putting a clip of us. I don't know. I, this guy was at Azteca, but I don't know if they're still at Azteca. Um, Martinoli and uh, Luis Luis Garcia. I think so. They are. Cause I thought didn't they move to Fox or something? I, I actually have no do no idea. I'm not sure. Well, he was, he's the same dude with the whole Save Us Susie, and he was yeah. saying that again. Where are you, Susie? Save us. We need you. Oh, and, I actually. Let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah. Let's see. Separa un punto. Es ahí o a seguir sufriendo. Es ahí o a parir chayotes. Otra vez, otra vez. Again and again. ¿Dónde está Susi? ¿Qué quiere decir otra vez y otra vez? Otra vez y otra vez. ¿Dónde está Susi? ¿Dónde? Sálvanos. Esto cada vez se parece más a la era del Chepo. Se ganan tres mil millones de moleros, pero en los partidos importantes, madre mía. Pero está y están los. Wow. I wish I could get the the Mexican broadcast on these matches, bro, because, you know, TUDN and Telemundo are, is also the reason why these games are so freaking, like, I go to sleep, bro. Oh, man, I saw it on TBS. Oh, you um, watching it in English? Dude, wherever it shows, I'm going to watch it. Um, I guess that's what helped put, it, put me to sleep. Man. Uh, like an, it's, it's, it's ASR, what do they call it? ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's yeah, um, I know sometimes when Beto talks, it's like this is the ASMR part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know these guys joke, but they're part of the problem. Why fans get all like sky is falling, twisted up on these. Well, yeah, I mean they're just egging them okay. on and and trying to get that narrative. <laughs> yeah, it's qualifiers is always it's for the most part they're, they're difficult. I, that's just that's just what it is. They're, I, they're I have a question for you, Joel. Do you think Tata will finish this, or do you think he's going to get fired? No, they want him to finish because I, I do think there is a group within the owners. So we have to see how how FMF works. Uh huh. And it's always been like about voting, you know. So if if they get together, like when they do the juntas. And it's like, um, it's of course, the club owners that go to these meetings, and then they they usually there's clicks, you know. There's usually 
these clubs both one side, these clubs will both the other side, and then you've got the the other random ones to see who, you know, sometimes you'll see who I guess they'll sell their boat, whoever gives them more favor or whatever. But that's that's kind of how it's been. And we've seen this. Um, I know you've seen one time when they were voting on on uh, getting rid of uh, relegation. Uh-huh. And you saw these clubs are in favor. You know, these clubs are not. And it's, so it's it's very like that where it's like, like uh, so it depends. The, the people that want him out just how much pull they have within and if they're willing also to to get into that kind of war you know because i haven't seen it as much as like way back when like televisa and Azteca where they had like this massive feud and so whoever would put the coach whoever you know whoever had the influence to to put the coast in the other side would just attack. Like make it seem like every every decision was a mistake or everything was bad. Yeah. And it hasn't been like that for a while. Um, I see. The opposite actually where you've seen Azteca and and Televisa even share feeds and whatnot. Has Mexico ever I, um like qualified to the World Cup and then fired their coach like yeah, Borami Lutinovi. Oh, man. And that's when they replaced him with La Puente? Yeah, they, they t- tied. I think they tied Costa Rica. They tied, it was, and it was like, uh, it was a three-goal tie. And uh, and I believe Costa Rica just had three shots. <laughs> they were all goals. Oh, man. It was, it was one of those games. But what I had a really good run when they brought him because they brought him back because he had been the coach in 86 you know and then in 90 he he takes costa rica to the world cup 94 he takes the u.s and so he's very experienced at this point to bring him in try to you know keep the, the team going and he was one of them that was like renewing the three and they didn't like it you know they he was bringing in all these younger players. Oh, I see. Whatnot. Was he doing like and the Klinsman thing where he was bringing in like German players? Like what? <laughs> no. Where, where is he no, from? He was from, I don't think his country exists anymore. Yugoslavia? Uh, yeah, Yugoslavia. Oh, he's like Serbian and shit. Oh, wow. Serbian, Montenegro, and then it's... Croatia. It's, yeah. It's changed a bunch of times. <laughs> he's, he's like the dude... Uh, He's like Tom Hanks when he gets stuck in the airport. He's <laughs> like, your country doesn't exist, dude. He can't go anywhere. Yeah. He's stuck in Mexico. He ended up being stuck in Mexico. He's Mexican now, though. He, oh, naturalizado. Yeah, and he married his wife, is Mexican, and he had kids. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah. He, but I mean, that dude's lived all over the world. So I don't I don't know where he's at right now. I, dude. everywhere. I can only imagine like the stress he's go- like Tata's going through right now. Like, you know, I've been watching a lot of like soccer, soccer documentaries and like, you know, a lot of the coaches, like they're just stressing out, man. Cause they're always under fire. I feel like, especially now with like social media and like just the way the journalism is now, it's like, it, you're just always on the defense. You're always on the defense. You're always trying having to explain yourself. And if you're not having like results that are, that are in your favor, like, you know, Mexico hasn't won, like, out of the six matches uh, that they've played, they've only won 
one game. So it's just it's not good right now. And I, I feel like he, you know, if he can get them to the World Cup and then just walk away and say, "Hey, you know, like I did my job and I'm 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 taking my paycheck and I'm leaving, bro. This is too yeah. much for me. I can't handle this kind of stress." But yeah, you know, but you know what? You have um, I think for him because if you look at his overall record, it's still good. Yeah, but it's some of those numbers right are inflated, man. Like, when's the, what's the last impressive win that we've seen? I mean, this guy lost. I know, but, but this, you, you know what, hey, man? At, at the end of the day, you, you, you're bringing in coaches to see what they do at the World Cup. And if you start cutting them off because of, of a Gold Cup or a thing, you're never really going to find out, you know. I just I haven't seen a – I just haven't – the problem with this is, like, we, we shouldn't have to, like, wait until the world cup to see what this dude is made of. Like we should be already seeing some sort of evidence that this is the right guy for the job. And right now I'm not seeing that. I'm not convinced. And another thing, another thing too, is like, this is not just all on him. This is on the players too. The players have not been playing. It is. They've been playing like mierda, man. They've just been playing really, really bad. And, and that's another thing. It's like, it's kind of like back and forth. It's like, he's calling up the wrong players. He's calling up players with experience, but he's not calling the players that are actually in form right now. There's a plenty of other players that would come in here and just play their balls out because they're trying to make it to the World Cup. They're trying to get on the roster for the World Cup. And you're seeing players play, like, inspired. Like, Alexis Vega, he's trying to go to the World Cup. He's trying to go to Qatar. And you see that. You see that hunger. You have players that you're calling up, like Chaka and Gallardo, trash. And it's just like, they're not the best player right now. You should be calling up Arteaga. He should be starting, uh, you know, Julian. There's plenty of other players that are hungry and should be starting, and 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 it's like at the end of the day, it's on the job, it's on the coach to to make those decisions. He's not making those decisions. Yeah. No, that's true. But I just want to hit on a, on a, something you mentioned about you. We shouldn't have to wait until the World Cup. But that's the thing. You really can't. We really can't see it. Like it's it's hard to judge it because. When La, La Puente came in, right? So that's why La Puente came in because they felt that the team under Bora was like underperforming and that they could be better. And so La Puente gets brought in and he had it was three months or whatever that he had. And the team looked bad. <laughs> it looked worse. You know, they couldn't win. It was just it was just horrible. And but once they got to the World Cup, it was one of the one of the best World Cups of Mexico, you know, in recent times. I, I put it right up there with the, um, at least as far as first rounds goes, uh, with the 2014 and the one with Aguirre when they, when they played Italy, which was, what, 2010? Yeah. South Africa, yeah. Those, to me, have been three of the, the you know, you see some of those games that were, were really, Mexico played really out there. Um and but see, like at that point, I bet people were thinking, "Oh snap, we made a mistake," you know. My my only thing is like, well, then he ended up playing good, but then you don't know how Boras team would have done right now. Yeah. You have no way of knowing. And the other example was then when they 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 end up kicking off, kicking out um, La Puente later on. Because again, playing style, same same argument, you know, this team could be playing better. This team, this team should be doing better. Yeah. So they bring in Ojitos Mesa because his team was, you know, well, he, he was 
He was having to look at playing like a man. And so he was like, yeah. you know, this is the guy. And it was, it was so bad, man. That's, yeah, that was pretty bad. It was, it was bad. That's, we got a few um, a listeners, so if you guys want to speak up, yeah. uh, just request and we'll, we'll allow you to talk. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Again, I just don't see. I'm not convinced. And I guess the grass is always greener. And the thing that that bugs me is like, dude, this guy, like, he he coached Barcelona. He coached some of the best players in the world. And it's like, like, I don't understand why he doesn't have the capacity to motivate or inspire or shake things up here in Mexico. I just, I don't understand, man. I really don't understand why we can't get our shit together. Um, maybe he's just counting the the billetes. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna say it again. I get to see this team get really outplayed or look really bad, you know. And under under Tata, I haven't really seen a, a game where they just got destroyed. Uh, much less from a team from the region. I think. Well, it was his game against Argentina, maybe, the one where yeah. his first pass. But, I mean, other than that, and rivals that are at Mexico's level or weak. It was 4-0. Or, or lower, I haven't seen team that really go in and put a hurt on Mex. Where, where, then I would be worried at that point. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, we're looking bad. But it just hasn't happened. It's the opposite, though. We're not seeing Mexico playing better but I, i'm gonna say at that point you have to also blame the players looks like I mean, uh, the, game, the game some of these crosses they were sending was like it was atrocious man some of the passing that uh, <laughs> was like it sounds like they're trying not to not to win we got uh mr yums requested to speak uh your mic is off but uh we did give you permission to speak As far yeah. as, uh, yeah, so again, um, we have that match against Panama on Wednesday. Uh, USA pretty much has a layup against Honduras. They've just been playing really, really bad. Uh, where, where is that game, though? In in the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, they, you know, they beat, Honduras has been in, US, in the U.S. before. Watch him. <laughs> watch him give him, give him hell. Because um, <laughs> at this point, Hondo has nothing to lose, man. Yeah, they really don't. It's, might as well go down They'll probably break some legs or something. I don't know, man. They're thugs. <laughs> they can, dude. Uh, but sometimes some of those, some of those uh, opponents can be dangerous. Uh, yeah, so you have Jamaica, Costa Rica. You have USA, Honduras, Mexico, Panama, El Salvador, Canada. So some pretty good matchups there. Uh, we also have... Some more people hopping on again. If you want to speak, just put the request in. Uh, is yep. Yums, what is that? Bikes. <laughs> it sounds like a siren or something. Oh, there you go. He muted himself. Thank you for muting yourself. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what's going on there? Oh, man. Yeah, sorry, boys. I'm running on the treadmill while I'm listening to you guys. Oh, I apologize for sure. Sorry about that. Uh, did you catch any of the the Mexico games? 
right, muted himself again. Uh, you know, this was going to be like specifically about the Mexican national team, but there are some uh, some new news regarding. I did want to mention. Yeah, like, go uh, ahead. Right now, when you asked us to, to kind of speak up a little bit, I I think that one of the biggest problems that we have, especially when you're trying to qualify for the World Cup in our in the Concacaf, I think the Mexican players are um, culturally arrogant. So they go into these matches like looking down on the opposition. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm running. And it kind of complicates the games for them. Um, I think it's more. I think it's more arrogance, like the mentality that they go into these games. That's why they they're not as winning as <clears throat> easily as they should. I feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah great. And you know, we talked about this with maybe two three podcasts back. We talk about how for some of these players. They don't seem to be as motivated when they come in and they play. I think Landon Donovan, uh, when he was playing in Guanajuato, um, mentioned also that the, that the players down there, even though as talented as it might have been, they were very indisciplined, even though though they were in the first um, most important league in the, in the country. They liked the discipline in the American players. Side. I also feel that that has something to play with the general success of the, the national team. <clears throat> Yeah, he yeah, does. That's... He doesn't have uh, bladder discipline though, because he took a piss on the, uh, on the stadium. Oh, that, was years, that was years ago at the Jalisco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we also want to add, like uh, we said it before, how some of these guys are playing their third. You know, they're like in their third or fourth qualifying campaign, so they're sort of like, I don't know. I guess overconfident as well. You know? Yeah, uh, we have Danny. If you feel like you want to talk about the Mexican national team and these results, feel free to talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, big game against Panama on Wednesday. And also uh, with Macias, it sounds like Getafe is uh, he's going to be uh, coming back to Chivas. Chivas are trying to register him for, for the clausura, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, feel free to talk, Danny. If uh, your thoughts on on these matches, Jamaica and and Costa Rica, and if maybe you fell asleep watching them. Hey, well, uh, buenas noches, compañeros. How are y'all doing today? Um, yeah, man, long time no talk, man. So thanks for inviting me to to speak really quickly, dudes. But um, yeah, I mean, you know me, and you know who I'm gonna come at hard as we always do, and that's gonna be Chaco Rodriguez, just fucking messing up with that back line, man. Just horrible passes, not being precision as always. I think that's always been like my biggest thing with Chaka, and and Tata giving him opportunities over and over and over. Um, that was one of my biggest takeaway, and just Mexico today versus this game contra Costa Rica, they just seem so. I was think they look so like they they just they weren't playing like a team and just going against the sides, uh, you know, towards that middle and it's just it wasn't it is it you know how many times is is that just gonna come out here with the same system expecting for work you know and I know the everybody says oh it's a long process okay. It, it takes eight years, but, you know, this is like a Mexico that should be dominant con Cacaf, you know, that should be 
leaving nothing in question, you know, it should not come down to the last 10 minutes like we saw versus Jamaica yeah. or versus Costa Rica. So this is, I mean, the same arguments I've been making today is the same arguments we've been having for like the past year, two years since FAFSA came out. Yeah. But again, this this comes up to the next things that we need to talk about. So okay, if we remove Tata, the year World Cup is gonna is the World Cup is happening. Who's gonna replace them? And like who's gonna replace the system? So fortunately, now we have to play the cards that have been given to us and pray for the best. Yeah, yeah it, I, it'll be Pio or or Vasco. Mm, those, those I, I doubt. The they're not finding some. They're not gonna go look for a coach. And we've seen it, and I'm, you know, I'm going off of what has Mexico done in these situations when, when they, um, they're doing qualifiers and it's not doing well, and they need, they need a bombero to come in and put out the fire. It's always been one of the top uh, league coaches. Uh, They never, they never sacked someone and then brought a total new, uh, someone new, you know. Yeah, with the whole Chaka thing, the only good news is he got carted out, so he's not going to be playing against Panama, and that's that's yeah. a, that's a victory for all everybody. Um, it, it's a win-win situation now. This just gives the three points already for that. And it's it's such a it's such a shame because you know Jorge uh, Jorge Sanchez started that game against Jamaica and he got injured within like the first ten minutes, so it's just like he didn't even really start, but you know he, he had to come in and replace him. But we have like Arteaga and we have uh, Araujo, and it's like I'd rather take a gamble on them to, than see Chaka, man. That guy's just—I don't know, like why he's continuing to get called up. I don't—I don't understand the thought process behind that. I really don't. Um, I mean, the only thing I—I I have to say about Chaka, about why he's constantly being called up and and played and gained so many minutes, is because of the experience, I guess. But yeah, I, I think at this point. Mexico will be better off with starting with one of the younger players, give the younger kids a chance, you know, los que, the people who already have their position with the national team, like, don't don't waste their time, you know, bring them in in emergencies, like, in the last 15, 20 minutes, but I strongly believe we should allow the, the newer kids, those kids who are fighting for the last positions, I, I believe that's the people who we should be starting, especially versus um, you know, teams in, in CONCACAF, especially versus, well, Jamaica or Panama, you know, I understand you might want to bring your, your better players versus Costa Rica, Canada, or, or the United States, but I believe that for, like, Jamaica and the one up-and-coming game, like, we should definitely start the younger guys and see what they have to offer and really, for them, showcase what they can do to earn that last position for the World Cup. Yeah, give them the opportunity. I mean, I was mentioning it earlier uh, before we hopped on, like, you know, th- there's a lot of players that are hungry and young and are trying to go to Qatar. Uh, you know, you see Alexis Vega playing really well, and it's just like, if you don't give them the opportunity, like, you know, and I understand that the, we don't get to see them in training. We don't get to see them, you know, behind the scenes. Um, but I, I can assure you that there are players that are busting their balls trying to get into this roster, but you know, Tata's just using experience and like, dude, experience can only give you so much. Like some of these dudes are showing their age and it's just like, it's time, it's time for a change. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens on, on Wednesday, but that's a massive match. That's a huge match. One last thing I also want to throw in with that is um, about today's game is 
I don't know why Chucky was taking so many shots. I mean, he had a great opportunity in the in the first like minute or two with a with a header, um, which he just missed it wide. But you saw him towards the end. He played a full ninety minutes, and he was just taking shots from side of the box. He doesn't have the power. I don't feel like he has the dynamic. But you just seeing Chucky try and make those goals or create something in the last couple of minutes just really showed how desperate Mexico was to scramble some three extra points because Mexico should have won versus if Mexico would have won versus Costa Rica it would have been huge for them to to advance and wouldn't be seen like this last minute you know down to the wire where Mexico qualifies to the World Cup just because of like pure luck yeah yeah it was a missed opportunity today we would have been in second place with 21 points right behind uh Canada's heels Canada. and it's just like man you know missed opportunity there especially you know because USA lost it would have been really nice to catapult uh, into the second position and you know they're gonna have a layup game against honduras uh and then we're gonna have a tough game a dogfight against panama which is gonna be very similar uh to this you know parking the bus situation that we had today so i, I really don't know what can change what we'll see uh, against panama but you know something's got to give and and i don't know how how safe you know tata is right now i know that it's gonna be a headache having to replace him or even just to go down that road, and I'm sure the players will be unhappy, you know, because they're comfortable, because they know that they're they're in the bag, you know, they got all their positions and tickets ready for Qatar, and they're like, no, 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 I don't want a new coach, you know, I'm guaranteed to go to Qatar, and if you if you bring in a new guy, and they're like, dude, you're fucking trash, get out, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like it puts everybody on the same page again. It's just like they don't want that. So I feel like the players would would be really upset if if there's a new a new coach. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like they're not dumb. They know they see the social feeds. They see the ratings. They see everything. And it's like and they're, they're not able to play against, um, you know, they're not able to bring in fans to the stadium. So, you know, Mexico, like the Federation is going to do everything in their power to make sure that um, the fans are engaged and the fans are happy. Because if they're not, then they're going to lose out on, on the income. And that's that's what it's all about. Right. It's all about the money that they're they're generating. Yeah, especially versus a powerhouse like Mexico, who generates. I mean, of course, you bring in money when they play in Mexico City or Guadalajara, Monterrey. But we all know that Mexico thrives when they come and play here in the, in the United States versus any team. They they sell out, you know, fifty plus um, stadiums and all the revenue that they bring in. So of course, that's massive. So of course, Mexico, the federation is hurting right now with that um, with the penalty of not allowing any fans or not because of the homophobic slant. Uh, Oshant, which, which I believe is is rightfully, and, and I like, uh, I like how in Azteca they were having like kind of wanted to change it to a Mexico rather than the traditional chant, which um, I think is I'm all about that. You know, I, I think um, there's no place for any sort of homophobic slur or any sort of hate speeches, especially in the world uh, of football um, leading up. But uh, changing changing the tema over here, I want to ask you guys something. Sure. We we seen um, Funes Mori. I'm not sure if you guys already talked about this, but we seen Mori already playing with Mexico for six, seven months. I want y'all like just basic A, B, C, or D or F. What will y'all rate him so far playing with the Mexicans? Uh, with the Mexican team. Well, with Funes Mori, like it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Like he's just making himself the obvious candidate, and you know what? We I think he's been okay like he had i but it's just i think it's it, it just goes to show how bad our pool of strikers is right now 
Like the fact is, like, who can we replace him with? We have no one to replace him with. We have Henry Martin. JJ Mack has been absolutely like gone. He's he, he doesn't exist. He had seven, seven games in six months. Two hundred minutes. Like and JJ again. Huh? Yes. Yeah, JJ Mack. Yeah, he's he hasn't played. Uh -huh. You had um the Santiago Munoz who went to Newcastle to ride the pine. And it's just like even if uh he's not doing yeah, scoring goals, who who do you who could who who could you call up right now? I mean, everybody's gonna start bringing out, you know, oh, call, call Chicharito, call Chicharito, but Chicharito is his time is already up, his his prime. Yeah, I'd rather you have know, him. So. I'd rather have him no, off the bench. Not. I'd rather have him off the bench than than I mean, because like he's he's proven to score goals. He's our all time leading goal scorer. Yeah, you know, he's he's in the MLS now. He's not been in rhythm. He's not even playing right now. But I still think he would be a nice option to have uh, a super sub. You know, even though he hated that title and he he tried to prove everyone that he was a good starter, I think it would be nice to have that over what's not working right now, which is Funes Mori. And you know, this wouldn't even be a problem if Raúl was healthy, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure with with Funes Mori coming in. You know, getting all the hype of him, change, you know, getting citizenship, and then automatically getting a spot. So I feel like there was a lot of pressure for him coming in. I mean, he has been performing. I believe he already has two or three goals with the uh, wearing under the Mexican jersey. So he definitely has been performing. But I mean, like you said, you, you, you play rest, you play the best. I think like Mexico right now is just desperate for anybody up in top to score goals right now and, and to give results and not just like, simple one zero two zero or, or ties but really make it known that mexico is the most dom dominant team here in coca-caf yeah we have a striker crisis right now and uh you know we could there's we've talked about this in so many episodes of like what, what what's the issue well it's like we have too many foreigners in our league and we're not giving mexicans the opportunity to, to shine in the striker position but you know jj mack like Here's the crazy part. You know, he is his loan with Getafe is being uh, cut short because they're not using him and Chivas want him back and they're trying to register him for the rest of the season. And this dude, all he needs to do is start going, scoring goals. And all of a sudden, you know, I think he could squeeze into Qatar, but he has to start scoring goals and he needs to start scoring goals like in, in volume, not just penalty kicks, but actually playing well. <laughs> And 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 that's how that's unfortunately like that's how desperate we are right now. Anybody that's hot and, and they're scoring goals will probably go to Qatar. Well, I'm just gonna throw this one out there. I'm not sure how true it is, but my buddy uh, Fabian from Tectonic Takes saying is a good chance that JJ might come to San Jose Earthquakes. I'm just saying not porque I'm in San Jose and I root for the Quakes, so I won't be opposed to it. I wouldn't either, as long as he gets playing time. And he will under Ameda's system that he has right here at the Quakes. Yeah, Ameda started playing him. Ameda's, I think he debuted him. But he'll be with Chofis, who is another guy that we talked about. That I do feel he has the talent to to make a you know an appearance with the selection. But yeah, it's playing time that you need and and. And scoring, I don't, I don't care where you do it. Uh, as long as you're doing uh, it, it's not gonna happen. Why would Chivas loan him out <laughs> when they need a, a striker right now? Saldivar has not been the guy. It's, but it's it's sort of like is it? Does he have a? Does, does he have? Does he have beef with Chivas? Like I don't understand. Like if but he, okay, if JJ Mack, 
maybe and you're saying okay i want to look good and, and it's um you could you could play under under almeida he's or, gonna get you, playing time like or you try your luck with leano who might not be here in three months <laughs> but here, here, here's the thing it's like he tried to go to europe it didn't work out and now he's been completely erased from the national team and you know he he was selfish. I think he had he gone to the Olympics and had a good outing, he probably would have gotten a better offer than a loan from Getafe, right? Now we have this partnership with PSV. There is no way in chance like he's gonna get loaned out to another team if it's not in Europe. So if if he's not gonna f- have any offers coming in from any other team in Europe, he's gonna go back to Chivas and he's gonna try and score as many goals as he can and 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 get on this this World Cup or at least get called up for. For the qualifiers in March, I mean, a lot can happen in a month. If he goes into Chios and starts scoring goals, he'll get called up by by Tata. I know he will. Yeah, it's it, even if but I think it's the MLS season won't start until what late of March. When does MLS yeah, start? Yeah, MLS starts in about a month. It yeah. starts in, uh, and, in and, like twenty first or something. I know that's when that's I just got my tickets. Yeah, it's too far away, oh. man. <laughs> There's no way, dude. I don't think anything anybody from the happen. MLS is getting called up right now, are they? I I mean just Julian uh, Araujo, but Araujo, yeah, yeah, from Galaxy. But nobody else, nobody else that's on MLS team right now got called up for the qualifiers, and it's because they're not they're not playing right now. They're all no, they're 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 basically in preseason. I yeah. know teams just got earlier this week. They started uh, their their training, and then preseason's going to start like in a week or two. So yeah. they're not in form, and MLS won't be in form until sometime in March or. Or in April, that's when well, MLS you, players will be informed. You, you'll miss out on on, quali- on probably qualifying, but but that's only like three games. And and one thing we've seen is that the, the players that finish qualifiers aren't always the, all of them that are going to end up making it to the world to the World Cup. You know, we've seen players that did really well during qualifying and then for one reason or the other get left out of the squad. Um, and so I think he, it is a gamble he could take and, and go to MLS. And then if he's, if he's doing well, I do see Tata calling him because he's, he's called players from MLS before. So I don't see why not. I just think if he feels probably Chivas is just too, too much stuff going on there. You know, he would rather be in a different environment. I think Tata right now, he needs to go into just, like, emergency and just call anybody who will give him results, even if they're not playing as a team. At this point, I think he needs to go into emergency room. And, yeah, whoever's informed, whoever's performing, whoever can deliver um, can deliver right now for, for the Mexicans' um, selection is who Tata needs. Until we secure that first place spot or second and we secure Qatar, then I, I say we experiment. But I feel that we need to do whatever it takes to, you know, for Mexico to to be at Qatar and um, then experiment with whichever lineup, whichever players fits best to Tata's system. But right now I feel like it's just, yeah. you, know, you know, hit the sirens of this. Let's go out there and just try to get some points and really, you know, really show our presence. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was really disappointed when, you know, I heard him say, hey, I, ba- I basically got up my my squad ready for Qatar. There's maybe like three or four spots left. Like, uh, dude. And that's just that's just like 
oh, that's the worst thing you want to hear. It's like, really? Bro, I'm, I'm about to burn some sage right now. I don't <laughs> want that bad luck up in here, man. Well, I mean, that's what he said. That's what he stated that, you know, it's just like, oh, okay. So, I mean, it's just very disappointing to hear. It's like, there's a lot of people, there are a lot of players right now in the bubble. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, that, that could squeeze in, you know, and, and they're playing great football. And it's just like, give them a shot. Give me, give them a chance. You know, like, I think this is uh you got to strike when the iron's hot. You know, I remember, you know, Chicharito, he, he was uh, not even on the freaking radar until 2010. Like he, he was, he had a good 2009, but he had a few friendlies uh, in like January and, and February. And he started scoring goals. And he, he got like the opportunity and he got into, you know, the, the roster kind of like a, as a last minute thing. And, and even then he, you know, they, they chose Franco over him to start. And it was such a shame because he was in way better form than Franco was. And I feel like we're kind of like history's repeating itself with like Funes Mori. We have a foreigner uh, striker that we have to depend on because our striker pool is, is insignificant right now. And Aguirre would be one of the top candidates to take over if uh, if Tata gets sacked, so he would probably call. And I think they they recently interviewed him and said, "Hey, you know, like, is would you would you take Funes Mori?" He's like, "It's not just because I coach Real. It's like he's really he's one of the best strikers in Mexico." I'm like, "Come on, dog. I mean, I guess he is. I think he is, but you know, I I think uh, he hasn't been. I know last season he wasn't playing that good." At least not not to the level he's been. He's yeah, he's, he's been stinking it up. And then with all this pressure, it's on him because he's the, you know, he's not the Rosado, so he probably feels he he has more to prove, you know, to to show that he belongs and whatnot. And that's yeah, that's probably also weighing him down. Uh, not making excuses, he has to ultimately perform if he wants to get to the World Cup. <clears throat> Yeah. No, pues como, como dice the meme, está cabrón. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, let's see, I'm going to cut off because I got to jump in the shower and get ready to uh, to teach the youth of tomorrow. For sure. So, which All is right. gracias for letting me talk in this, man. And let's do it soon, man. I miss talking soccer, man. I'm, I'm available. Thank All right, Danny. Thank you for joining us, man. Thanks, man. Y'all have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, we're on that hour mark, so we should probably start wrapping it up. Um, do you have any any closing thoughts, Joel? Ah, uh, yes, sir. Yes, I just i I know people lost faith in Mr. Martino, but I think at this point, I'd rather just see it see the whole process of finish. Uh, they've done it. I don't think we've done it since since La Volpe was the last time they let a coach stay the course. So it's something we rarely see, but Osorio. I think, oh, that's right, that's right, Osorio. So twice, twice, and he he crashed with the Chile, with the, the Chile. You, the, you know it's bad when I'm like I kind of miss him. Because <laughs> all right, all right, let me let me just let me just be honest, bro. Like his set plays, his set plays was defending set plays. He was he was really good. But think about it, man. We didn't have this stress four years ago. We were caminando to Russia. And then we end up beating Germany. It was like the peak of, of Osorio, bro. It was like, this guy's a freaking genius, you know? And then everything went crashing. But, I mean, 
that was that was a very stress free uh proyecto and and i miss that right now we're going through yeah. like just but, a but terrible see, time we have to see like also like if you compare the rivals and then see how how strong they were compared to how they are doing now and that's part of it you know sometimes the group is going to be stronger the qualifying group or sometimes it's going to be weaker you know uh and that's that's a big reason where you could you, we, and in the past we saw mexico just just dominate and then go to the world cup and and yeah. just come back home you know get sent back packing right away so and and i think it's it's good to to have these difficult games because they prepare you more for when you get to the to the world cup a big reason i feel south american teams do so well because that's you know it's it's considered the most difficult region to qualify out of there you know and i think it's it is is one of the most just the number of games they play in in the opponents and whatnot <clears throat> the different venues um so I, i do think it benefits mexico to to have to do that struggle you know as opposed to like just dominate so I, you know, that's the one thing we have to think about if we want the region to be better, but at the same time, we want it to suck so that Mexico could just steamroll the opponents. Yeah. You, you know, like we want to go to South America because it's, because it's more difficult, but then when it's difficult here, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah, if you go over there, when you're gonna want to change the coach every three games, I don't know, man. It's, it's yeah. I think it's a good thing that its opponents right now, some of them are are are, are pretty strong. Well, at least, and we should have known this. A lot of us going into this uh, qualifying cycle that at least U.S. and Canada were gonna, you know, they because they're they're preparing to. Uh, to host um and right. when teams prepare they don't prepare just you know just the four years they do it way in advance mm -hmm. they yeah. start already sembrando you know because it's like okay we got this much time to to put forth a competitive squad so since the youth they already have like players that they're tracking that they're keeping tabs on because all right these these are going to be the guys that could uh, hopefully lead us lead us into this tournament um so those two teams have been pretty strong and then um panama has been one of those teams that we talked about how they recently came into the picture and they've been you know we, we talked about in case i'm forgotten how they like went into colombia pretty much their neighbors mm -hmm. and you know sent sent players to colombia to the lower leagues and brought a lot of Colombian coaches into their league and Colombian players and they benefited from that so that's that's a team that's gotten stronger um I guess we should count our lucky stars at Honduras that Honduras and Costa Rica aren't at the level of what they've been because this if they were like let's let, let's say those two teams were as strong as they've shown that they could be man this qualifier would have been a really tight tight race and it would have been just some really good games 
Yeah, uh, it's going to be kind of crazy to see, you know, Costa Rica might not make a World Cup. Um, yeah, such a shame, but, you know, it happens. These things are, you know, they come in cycles. And yeah, also, were, like, I'm also... They were like Canada not, not too long ago. They were like the Canadians. I'm also disappointed with um, Honduras, man, because, you know, they were able to go to the Olympics with us and, uh, you know, you just... <laughs> When it they came... brought the, they had the Costa Rica. They, didn't they have the coach that took Costa Rica uh, in Brazil? Uh, I think so, yeah. Right? I think they, yeah, things just didn't work out for them. Um, but yeah, Costa Rica had that brilliant run. And then, you know, they were, they were, you know, pumping their chest and whatnot, saying they were the next gigantes. And they haven't done much since. And so that, that just goes to show how difficult it is. You know, and, and so I do see it as fans that we, we expect way more. But I, I, I do think uh, this hexagonal is not as difficult as it could have been. I think those two teams, like, dropped the ball and that. That has benefited a lot. And um, and then after that, Mexico won't have to worry because um, they're automatically into the next World Cup. Uh, Jovan on the YouTube chat said, did we fire a coach during the 2014 World Cup cycle? Yeah, that was the Chepel. Twice. No, that was, uh... Chepel, right? Chepel. Yeah, it was like three coaches. Well, it was <laughs> Chepel. Then his assistant coached the one game against the U.S. And then he got sacked. And then they brought in Buse. And Buse had like two games, I think. Two games. <laughs> But well, he they, was an interim. He wasn't he was like, a, yeah. Oh man, he was. He was no. No, intern. he wasn't. They didn't bring Bosa to be intern. They brought him to. No, to, they to, didn't. To the World Cup. No, Tena those... was the intern. No, Tena. No, it was. It was. Yes. It was. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they didn't announce Bosa as the permanent coach. He was kind of the caretaker. He was kind of like, yeah. No, man, he was the look into it, man. They uh, I don't know. I try to forget about twenty fourteen. Um, but yeah, yeah they, but yeah, Jonah, we we got rid of uh we got rid of Chepo because we were not gonna qualify, and then and then uh, took over for the U.S. game, and then Piojo, right? Piojo ended up being our savior. And then yeah, they three coaches, yeah. and then Piojo was the, uh, was the guy that took yeah. the game, and it was it was to to be uh New Zealand, which I know Buse would have done it. Anybody could have done it. Like, <laughs> I know, so I mean they. It was some of that. We talked about it earlier, Jaime, about yeah. that, that internal struggle within FMF. Mm-hmm. So there was obviously people that didn't want Buse in there, and they pushed to to bring in, to put Piojo. Yeah. And then ultimately, how does Piojo get booted? So Piojo, <laughs> By the same Piojo people. Was, well, the rival people, because Piojo is Televisa guy, right? Mm-hmm. And He's he attacked... He attacked the Azteca guy. Azteca, yeah, yeah. There you go. And so that's that's how we see some of this politics. Mm. But it surprised me that um, Piojo had been doing well because yeah, he was doing well. He had the team like he was the team cheerleader man. He he just had everyone. His yeah his, his run was his World Cup was one of the best ever. When you see like not just playing style points and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, and then. He comes back and the team doesn't look good, but he still wins the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. And you know we're over here crying because they lose in the final or whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But one and the fans were a lot of fans were still like they had turned against him because the media, the media had been campaigning against him for a while, and there's politics. Remember, uh, he did that. Well, he was he did, like an ad for the Green Party or something like that. So, so yeah. political. He was doing and, things off, uh, off the field that you know rub rub people rub the media the wrong way, and then I think his daughter yeah. too was like kind <laughs> of doing the most. It is, it is, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. But if we were to just see from his results, I, I do feel he's someone that should have stayed, and I think he could have. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said, "It sucks that this process is almost complete, and the culmination of past three years is this." And yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how like I I felt. I'm like, you know, we've had Tata for a while. He won a gold cup in what 2019, and it's just like. We're, but the culmination is not to the world. It should be though. The culmination should be the World Cup, not yeah. at the eliminatoria. We'll see, know? man. We'll see what happens. We still got to get there. Uh, I, I'm confident we will. And you know, maybe this thing will complete. Uh, you know, be a 180 once we're there. But as of right now, it's just a, uh, it's just one of those car rides. You're just like, are we there yet? Like, I'm trying to like, <laughs> trying to get out of this car, man. It's it's kind of uncomfortable and. We keep going. We keep driving past the same things. Shouldn't we like stop and ask for directions? And then like, no, I know where I'm going. You just gotta trust me. That's just how it feels right now. It's just one of those car rides to LA, and just like, God damn it, man. I'm just let's just get there already. Like, I'm tired. Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say this because I know a lot of a lot of uh, Mex fans are big into the coach. As to believe the right coach would would will take Mex. You know, to greater heights, uh, and but but if you want that type, kind of like the world class coach, or that, then he's for a coach like that to want to take Mex series, then he's gonna want some guarantees. And we really haven't had a coach like a big named type of coach since first was Ven, since so no one since Ven who didn't even finish, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't get to finish as a. And so Tata's been the only one. So I mean, if he gets to finish that, at least at least for that reason, I, I feel some of the fans should want him to to you know do his whole process and finish his World Cup campaign. And you know what's crazy too is like we haven't ever had a coach coach two World Cups, have we? In a row? No, not that I know of. I mean, when's the last time we had a coach? Huh? We would have to go way back, way, way, way back. Yeah. Um, not, not two World Cups in a row. Like you've had, like, like uh, Vasco, you know, but different. Yeah. Different yeah, because like, I mean, think about back. it. Like, I, we haven't had a coach that like stayed after the World Cup and continued to coach us. Like, it's it's always no. been like, I do my four years and I'm out. You know. And well, even it was like I'm saying to you, I mean, even even if they had shown to have. To have done well with the team, they got booted. So La Puente, right? He, mm-hmm. he does France '98, good good World Cup. He wins Confederaciones '99, and then gets booted for the Gold Cup. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know how that made sense. Of course, it's political, but that and then Piojo recently, you know, yeah. same got booted for fighting. But I think he could have. I do think that could have been resolved. Because we did see, um, we did see when Aguirre was there. His no, not Aguirre. It was when uh, 
Sven Goran Eriksson and his assistant was Paco Ram. I hope I'm not getting his name right. He was an assistant that had worked under La Vulpe, I believe, and he slaps Frankie Hate you, hate the word. Uh-huh. Hate him. He slaps him on the face. I don't know if you guys remember that. He was like leaving the stadium or something and he smacked him. And I don't think people got to even lay hands on, on Martinoni. I think he just he just saw him. This dude actually hit the you know, slaps that guy. And they didn't they didn't fire him. I'm just thinking about like Germany and I'm like, dude, they had a low uh as coach for like fifteen years, man. And it's just like, you know, I think that there is obviously like evidence that having a coach for the long haul, you know, has its benefits. They ended up winning a world cup and it's just like, you need to give like, it's not. Yeah. But dude, you won a world cup, bro. Like that's, and it's like, that's the end game is to win a world cup. And if that takes eight years, so be it. You know, I think when Tata was hired, they, the intention was to keep him for eight years. But as we've all seen, it's like it's not <laughs> Mexico's a completely different animal, man. But I do think that the, the 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 like international is different from club. Like club is very short sighted. It's very like, you know, we need to see results immediately. But, you know, a national team, you kind of have a longer, longer leash because, number one, you don't see these players every day. You know, you see them like once every, you know, what, three months for like two weeks at a time at, at best. So like it, it, it's a longer, longer process, a longer project, and it just baffles me that Mexico has failed to secure a coach for the long haul, and 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 say that with confidence, like, hey, I don't care what you guys say, like we're gonna we give we're giving this guy like an eight year contract, so you can say all the shit you want, but he's gonna be here for the long haul. And I feel like if if we ever presented a coach in that manner and and set the expectations from from day one and set the tone. It would be like, all right, you know, I think like the fans and, and the media would not be looking to get him fired. Like there was like a joke, like on big soccer, like as soon as we announced a new coach, somebody started the fire, you know, fire thread. Like, you know, when Tata was announced, like fire Tata thread, like the day of, like, it's just like an ongoing joke. Like we already want him out. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. But, but you know, I, I do feel the, the end the culmination of issues at the World Cup. I wouldn't put it at, at qualifiers or whatnot. I, I would put it at the World Cup. And yeah. so we rarely get to see how someone would have done because they, they cut, cut their processes short for the most part. So like you said, you missed um, Osorio and I felt at the World Cup to me, even though there was that big win over Germany, I, I still felt it wasn't enough to to get, you know, to get another four years. Just really? Because me, yeah, because to me, Mexico is, is it's already above getting uh, one big win, you know, like, especially I, at group stage. Yeah. I, I feel like you need to excel, like, in in those, in those like, those games, like the, once you're at the elimination, mm-hmm. uh, to me, he never really, like, like so, Copa America Centenario to me was one of the oh. one of his big tests, and to me he felt it bad. Yeah, you know. And so then he stays for the World Cup, and then I felt he 
he dropped the ball in two of the favorite games. I don't think. I think he had a great World Cup. To be honest, I know that it had a a bad ending, you know. But I mean, those first two games, man, you beat you beat Germany, you beat Korea, and then you know against Sweden, you just you know shot the bed. I think they were underprepared for that match. And then you know uh, you you play against Brazil. That's a tough one. But I I feel like I think like it would have been more valuable for for him to be like oh okay like I learned my lesson like this is what we need to fix let's do it again let's run it back another four years you know I feel like you go into that second World Cup with a little bit more confidence you know who the coach is you're not even gonna know who the starting lineup is because he doesn't even know what the starting lineup will be because that's just part of his <laughs> that's part of his strategy is like Juan Cambios Osorio and I feel like uh, he was a likable guy like I think. He wasn't like uh, uh, a coach that rubbed the media the wrong way, and uh, I think the the players liked him. Um, I I would have I would have loved to see another four years of him, and and we might have been in a, a different scenario right now. But you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, what, what has he done since? You know, <laughs> this guy. I have no idea, bro. He disappeared from the face of the <laughs> earth. They run him out of some Colombian team. He's one of the top teams, and I think the fans chased him out, man. Uh, so I, I'm not saying I do think he's a good coach, but I, I don't think he's what makes me. I'm, I'm, I'm a stick. Huh? He coached Paraguay after Mexico. Which was for like a month, I think. Right? Appointed him. Yeah, they ended it like very quickly. <laughs> September 2018, he was announced. <laughs> February of 2019, he was uh, terminated. Because there you go. But I mean, and they cut on right away, dude. They're like, no. Um, and then I think he was in Colombia, and then he he ended up in one of, the, one of their top teams. And, and let me. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull like up. Him. I'm trying to pull up the numbers right now. Let me see this. I want to see this. So, Juan Carlos Osorio had 52 matches with Mexico. 33 of those were victories. Nine draws, 10 defeats, a win percentage. And this was the highest of his career. 63. That's really good. Tata Martino. He's had 48 matches. And he's had 34 wins. Seven draws, seven losses. 70%. Are we looking at the what? He has a 70% win record. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is the thing uh, where we overlook because when Tata had that really good run uh, prior to the Hex, the first, and they were saying that it was one of the better one ever, and the media was even over-exaggerating, saying, oh, first win in Honduras in whatever stadium in like 20 years. And it's like, well, yeah, the team has only played there like once or twice in 20 years. <laughs> you know, and so they're making it seem like, it, you know, they're exaggerating it. But if, even those numbers, Chepo had already, when he was in that, you know, when he was with the national team, he had exceeded those numbers. Um, so we tend to forget sometimes. So, and that's the first rounds, and some of these first rounds are can be pretty weak. They can be pretty easy, and and I would say that big reason why Sven failed because his school was very difficult. It was even 
that will be more difficult than the actual hex. You know, yeah. less room, less room for mistakes. Um, so that's that counts. You know, that counts a lot too. A lot of times, you get these really easy groups, but some teams are very weak. I agree. Well, uh, we are at the hour thirty mark. I think this is a good place to to stop for episode three twenty. Prediction, you didn't, you didn't, at least to finish off. The prediction it's for Wednesday. Panama. Wednesday, we should be. Um, I'm gonna say just because of what I saw today, I I can see this being another draw for Mexico. I I do think. Uh, Go on, go on, finish it. No, I, I think that's it. That's my prediction. What about you? I, I think I think Tato's gonna show why he's the coach, and I see a big win. Oh, okay. That, that, by big, I don't mean like five zero. I just mean it's a big win. And it's for us that it's against the immediate rival, and it's it'll be a convincing game. They're gonna look much better than they did today. I hope and so. I hope you're right. To the fans. Uh, Panama coming off a hot victory against Jamaica, three-two. So they're coming two, in. Jamaica put two goals on them. They're one of the weakest teams. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them was a penalty. But uh, we'll see how it goes on Wednesday. We'll make sure to uh, record again. Um, probably probably a couple of days from now. Um, but I want to thank everyone that contributed to the podcast tonight. I love the support we get on YouTube and Twitter spaces. We, we like to do these episodes where you guys can hop on and, and, you know, talk and, and let us know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, hope everyone has a great night and we'll catch you in the next one.